guys, this is Katie, Content Marketing Manager at TouchPlan. I'm here with our president and founder, Michael Carr, to talk about how TouchPlan got started and uh, what we have in the works for you now. So can you tell me a little bit about the history and what you were doing before TouchPlan? Before TouchPlan? Um, so I was part of the Mocha team uh, that we started back in 2000. We were simulating construction in a computer. Um, and. Uh, I, I like to tell people it was a, a, a kind of a solution looking for a problem. It's kind of an <laughs> academic thing. Um, the, the interesting thing about it was we, did, we discovered the problem that it solved. Uh, and it really was something that supported owners, owners of large construction. Um, the federal government was a big one. Uh, so the Army Corps of Engineers really picked this up. But it was giving them insight into construction and their projects well before the project was designed. Or a contract was on board, and and so it morphed into uh, creating Mocha as an owner's uh, project management, construction management kind of out, outfit, um, supported by this software. Mm -hmm. um, but the original investors' investment in Mocha was always kind of a software thing, and, and we departed a little bit. Um, and then uh, you know five years ago, six almost six years ago, I guess, um, we had the idea of maybe getting back into software uh, and moving out of the consulting space a little bit. And, and that's where you know, kind of the touch plan idea came from of walking around and seeing all these trailers with all these sticky notes everywhere and saying, well, you know, we can do better. We can do better than that. And so we kind of got here. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the short version of the history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how did you get started in construction? Oh my goodness. Um, We're going way back. <laughs> way back. So, that's about six now. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's something to be said about that age when uh, you're exposed to Lego Lego blocks, um, so that kind of gets you can gets you thinking about stuff like that, putting things together, and just seem like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I think my first exposure to some really massive projects, um, my dad was uh, working for a, a, a large general contractor in, in uh, Alberta, and they were doing a, a a large dam in British Columbia. Um, you know, it, I've seen pictures of, I, I, up to that point, I'd seen pictures of say the Hoover Dam. Um, this was kind of in the same genre, a really mm -hmm. big, massive concrete thing, very narrow canyon. Um, I was a kid and uh, they were in the middle of construction. So I saw this thing it was kind of really cool. And I thought, well, that's that's neat. I mean, that's, that's cool stuff, um, you know. Hadn't thought much about it, but then, you know, moving forward, uh, getting into green engineering, saying, you know, I you know, wouldn't mind doing kind of a construction approach, construction management, and got, in, got involved in that. And, and that brought me to Boston, MIT. And, and, um, and that's when I got exposed to kind of high, higher tech things, mm -hmm. but it wasn't in my group. Wasn't, wasn't what we call course one, <laughs> which is civil engineering. It wasn't that. Um, you know, there were, we weren't dealing with robots and, you know, high tech stuff, but everybody that I was dealing with were. And so I kind of got a, a, a bent for it, innovation, you know, technology, but it wasn't in my space. And so I graduated and started working for a general contractor and, and realized, you know, we're, we're not really super high tech in the space. There's a lot that could be done here. It brought those two things together, you know, so that that dam, that, that, that major big construction, that was still a big part of what I wanted to be involved in. But at the same time, I had kind of seen the other side of some high tech, some, you know, 
uh, software, robotics, um, just thinking a little bit differently about things and recognizing that there's a place here to do both. Mm -hmm. um, but then I started looking around for work that would do both and couldn't find it because <laughs> it really didn't exist. Um, I think we've had conversations with some folks that say, yeah, I went to school and I, I learned all this stuff and now I can't find the job to do the thing that I thought yeah. I was going to be able yeah. to do because it's not really that. Right. Right. Um, so we ended up kind of turning Mocha into something that is a hybrid of, of the two things mm -hmm. um, and, and trying to take the best of, of um, you know, technology and marry it up with good practices of construction and, and, and advance, the, advance the industry that way. Mm -hmm. So that's the and yeah. so pre Mocha, um, what what different roles did you have in construction companies? Uh, so I was working with a general contractor out in Seattle. I was a project engineer, um, and they had me. I was on like a, probably three jobs in that in that time frame. I saw the end of one, the beginning of one, and the middle of one. Um, and uh, in all cases, it was you know. Your job was essentially to look two, three, maybe four months out and get ready for what was coming. So we were reviewing, obviously, we were reviewing the shop drawings and making sure that we'd order the, you know, the materials are getting ordered on time and answering the questions uh, that were coming from the field um, and doing all the paperwork involved in all that. Um, but it, I realized when I was in the middle of it that, really? <laughs> um, a lot of it was uh, reliant on um people to be thoughtful enough to actually have foresight enough to identify problems and if they didn't well they didn't and then you caught them and you were you reacted so the jobs that went better were the ones where you're a little bit more proactive and then the ones that you know weren't where things were people were a little, be a little bit more reactive because they had they didn't have the foresight and it was really a function of who was on the team and mm -hmm. what kind of experience they had and and you know, it'd be nice if there was a way to kind of can that, bottle it up, and, and make sure that every project has the same benefit. Yeah, of, instead of having, leaving it to chance. Right, right, leaving it to chance or leaving it to expose the, the experience of the people that were there. Um, so that was really the, the beginning of, uh, of the space. And then it wasn't too long after that that I got the call from my former thesis advisor and started Mocha, do you want to come back? And there I am. <laughs> Um, and and early, early days we were doing um, apart from that simulation model we were doing the owners project management mm -hmm. uh, construction management support a lot of cost and schedule a lot of project controls work um, in support of like large projects that the Army Corps of Engineers was doing the Air Force was doing the Navy was doing so I was on a lot of airplanes going to a lot of different projects and seeing how different general contractors were doing things and you know, picking stuff up that way as well. Mm. One nice thing about the consulting space is you do get exposure to a lot more projects. I mean, my, my short short time with the general contract, I had exposure to three projects in that same time with Mocha, I probably got exposure to 20. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so you can, and it wasn't just the same general contractor, it was with a whole bunch of different ones. And so you can just kind of see how different companies do things slightly differently and what works well and what doesn't work well. Um, and you can bring that the table yeah what were some of the things you saw that were working well um that weren't working well that were oh that were working well um so there were some firms that really did try to pay attention to um the the input from the team 
the the trade contractors, for mm -hmm. instance, um, would that they they were more a little bit more valued uh, in terms of you know how should we do this, how should we solve this problem. Uh, some other ones, uh, the, the op polar opposite is well, we're going to be a little bit more um, uh, command and control. We're going to we've we've already thought about this for you. This is the way we're going to go ahead and do it. In both cases, there's strengths to both, and there's there's challenges to both. Um, but my sense was that the ones that found a way to get the, the best thinking from the team and get that all, all put together, they had um, a smoother smoother process. Um, it takes some work though, because yeah. you're, you're you're trying to you're trying to get everybody to participate, and you're always going to have the occasional person up there up to the side says, "I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Just tell me what to do, boss." Yeah. Because um, they, you know, they liked it that way. But uh, if you can work through that, um, those projects generally fared a little bit better. Um, you know, someone who's done all the thinking, you're very reliant on that that key person, that key superintendent, or whoever. Um, and you know, there's some really good ones out there, and they've they, they've had a lot of experience, and they can really think their way out of a, a rough spot. Um, but it's it's more stressful and a little bit more challenging. Um, so that was that was one 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 area I think. Yeah. It's a collaboration. Yeah. So what did what did you see that wasn't working? So one of the things that that I saw was the way the information uh, was handed off between people. Um, a lot of repetition. A lot of um, we've all played that telephone game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where I I talk to you and you talk to somebody else and you know it flows through well. A similar thing happens in construction now it follows paper or now emails or whatever um but there is some of that that still goes on and it was you know it, it felt like we were spending a lot of time sometimes just rehashing what we talked about or what we agreed to and that that doesn't work so well so not having a, a kind of a central place where we all agree oh yeah that's what we that's what we said um you know you you pull up meeting minutes, you pull up daily reports, you, you pull up logs. Um, but even there, sometimes there was a disconnect between what actually happened and what was recorded as having happened, yeah. right? And so that causes some friction in the system. Um, and I think that was one of the things that struck me is this is just crazy. The other thing was um, something as simple as, 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 as shop drawings and, and shop drawing approval before, um, the, the, the mechanical engineer will design the air the air system the, the, the air require the requirements for ductwork and that sort of thing and hands that off to um, the mechanical contractor who will um, create the shop drawings and essentially now puts more detail around that what are the what are the dimensions of the ductwork and 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 um, whatever whatever you know how's this all going to get laid out so I can go and fabricate the ductwork. Well, meanwhile, while that's going on, you've got the plumbing team doing the same thing, and you got the electrical team doing the same thing, and you got, got all these all these trades doing the same thing, and the end result is, well, we've got this thing now that we've got to coordinate, right? So the coordination of, of the drawings is, I make sure my plumbing pipe doesn't go through your ductwork, and yeah. you know that we're we're respecting the structural, and so there's there's a coordination effort involved. And it's the division of labor that's that's driving it, and and that was you know early on we were using the little vellum sheets, kind of looking through a light table. Now they've got you know BIM models and, mm -hmm. and CAD to identify those conflicts quickly. So that was a, an improvement, right? A large improvement, and that's part of a, a a big reason why I think you know the the whole building information model kind of picked up 
in the, on the construction side was that was a, an obvious an obvious uh, pain point that was getting getting addressed. Yeah. Um, but early on, earlier on, it wasn't. It, we still have the problem where you know you've got so many cooks in the kitchen and coordinating all that is a challenge. This is a lot of a lot of people, but but I think applying technology is helping bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah, so switching gears a little bit, um, when you look back at your journey with Touchland from the beginning to now, what do you think has changed the most along the way? Being Touchland to now. Huh. Uh, so at the very beginning, we thought um, that, you know, putting together a system that allowed for pole planning, which is essentially the, the post-it notes and the planning that happened on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, in an efficient, you know, kind of a uh, uh, virtual electronic manner, um, was was sufficient. And once we kind of put that together and put it out there and had people start using it, I said, "Well, this is good, but um, this isn't this isn't all we do." I mean, yeah, you've got this, and that turns into some tables that you know are our weekly work plans, for instance. Uh, we don't really like those tables and I, I see how you've got it set up that it, it automatically does that um, but it'd be really great if we could kind of use the same kind of drag and drop touch and hold and move stuff with our fingers that we're using with your post-it notes so to speak with our actual weekly work plan so the whole um, left hand side of touch plan if you will the left hand side of that active line all those gantt bars and the dragon that was that was a second generation thing. We didn't have that. We didn't have that originally. Originally, it was um, it was more focused on the the actual pole pole side, the, the little square the square tickets, um, and that was added after we got that feedback. So, and there's been a, a lot of stuff along those lines. That was probably the biggest one. The biggest mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it a pivot. It was just kind of a a, a, a step forward. Yeah. Right. Um, and so you discover those things as you're as you're putting stuff out there and seeing how people use it and say, well, this is great, but you know, and you hear that enough times and you can come up with a, a solution that's maybe a little more elegant and put it out there to everybody. That's kind of that's the way this stuff is made. It's it's the uh, sausage making <laughs> software. <laughs> and we have some some new releases too. Yeah, um, very recently. Um, yeah, new features. Yeah, constantly, talk about constantly getting good feedback. One of the um, newer things uh, that just came out was a this view of your labor requirements mm -hmm. um, that are all stacked up in kind of a histogram that updates live right on your screen. So um, you know. Prior to this feature, you did load up all your resource information on your tickets, on your tasks, and but when you drag them around, you never did get the running tally of, well, what's how many people do we actually have on site on Monday? Um, you can print a report and get that, but you weren't getting it live while you were moving things around. So that was a new thing that was just recently added, and that we're really excited about that. Um, some of the other things that are kind of in the works. We're, um, we're not too far off right now from releasing in beta, the beta mode, uh, a phone app. Mm -hmm. And so the, the phone app is um, something that people have been asking for, you know, where, hey, I'm in the field, 
uh, we use TouchPlan in the trailer and we put everything together. And yes, I can carry it around my iPad in the field um, and I can see everything there. But you know what? I've got my phone on me all the time. And if there was a way for me just to update my progress on my phone, like what have I got to do today? And swipe, swipe, swipe. This was done. This was done. This was done. And you're updated. Uh, that would be really cool. And that's essentially what this, this initial version of phone app will, will be. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you, it's, it'll be a, a web app, so you don't need to download anything. Yeah, same same as every, the rest of TouchPlan. Um, you just need to go to, you know, you, you, we'll have a little link on your, on your screen. You just push the button and it's bringing you essentially to a website. It doesn't feel like a website, though. It really does feel like it was an app on your mm -hmm. phone. Um, and you'll interact with it much the same way that, you know, a lot of the phone apps that are out there today. Um, you know how you go to a, an airline's website and it's yeah. it feels one way and then you go to their their app and there's a lot of things that you can do on their on their app that you can also do on the website but it's just yeah. more conducive to the phone and so same idea um you can't do everything in touch plan in the app but there's some there's a key key functionality that, that's there and so that's going to get you know released in beta probably within the next month month and a half um we're, we're in the uh initial stages of, of testing you know, it's, it's, it's code, it's essentially code complete. And now we're going through the process of, of uh, testing and making sure it works on all the fronts before we release it to the masses. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting though. Yes. Uh, that would yes. be great. Yeah. And the other thing on the horizon is our event. Yes. That's coming up fast. Excited? And, fast and furious. Oh, as excited as I can be. No, it'll be good. Um, I think what, what's exciting about it is uh, we're trying to set up, set the stage for a good dialogue about mm -hmm. all the things that we can do to kind of um, take the next step as an industry. Um, I've gone to so many conferences and constantly hearing the same kinds of things. Oh, you know, we got problems with this, we got problems with that, um, productivity, we got labor shortage, we got, you know, there's um, the, the disconnection between, you know, what's actually happening, the, the, the real-timeness of data, if you will, mm -hmm. um, there's a disconnect there, um, you know, to, to just managing people and people problems and, and there's lots of challenges and there's lots of people with ideas and solutions, uh, some of which are further along, some of which have been thought through a little bit better than others, some of which haven't, um, but might be good ideas nonetheless. Uh, and just creating a forum where we can have a conversation about these things and bring that to the forefront, um, identifying, you know, as a, as a group, what might make sense um, to do going forward. I mean, the goal should be to, to start seeing the same kinds of results that other industries have, have seen over the years. You know, think about manufacturing, think about agriculture, think about these industries that, um, you know, 50, 100 years ago, uh, didn't have the levels of production and productivity that they have today. But, um, you know, the throughput has been amazing. So, you know, you can do, what would 11 times, 10, 12 times, I can't remember the exact number, um, is the productivity improvement in, in agriculture and, and eight, 8X, I think, in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And in construction, it's been flat. Yeah. Um, that's a real problem, especially if you're looking at population growth in the world, um, the demand for built facilities uh, increases as the population grows and the population isn't growing in some linear fashion. It, there's an exponential curve here. Uh, and so we're going to need a lot more schools, a lot more infrastructure, a lot more hospitals, a lot more stuff to support this rapid expansion, this rapid growth. 
might not all be here in the U.S. It's yeah. you know around the world, but nonetheless, um, if we can't find a way to um, be more efficient, we're going to have a real problem dealing with that. Um, in conjunction with all the other stuff going on, so right. I think technology is part of the solution. It's not the it's not the holy grail. It's not the end of it. Um, there's there's new ways of thinking, new ways of working together, new ways. Um, uh, that that may or may not involve technology, but we need to have that conversation now, um, while we still have a little bit of time to figure this out, right? Yeah. So and and the nice the other nice thing about it, frankly, is uh, we don't have to look too far outside of our industry to see other solutions that that people have have latched onto. Hey, that seems to work. That, you know, that that's a great idea. It worked really well for the software development industry, or, or that was a good idea that worked for manufacturing. Let's bring that bring that here, right? And so um, we don't. You know, a lot of solutions exist, but they might need to be repackaged and and maybe tweaked a little bit to make sense and work within within the construction industry. And who better to do that than than people who understand the construction industry? Yeah. And so let's just have a conversation about those things and, and bring them get to the forefront and, and, and see where we can move things to next. Yeah, that's that's definitely the goal. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be exciting. It'll be good. Yeah, we're looking forward to it.